welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Kat Sparrowhawk. This is episode number five. All right, so sorry to everyone, anyone who's been listening to this thing, all three or four of you. Um, I was doing a really good job of releasing these uh, every week, um, and then uh, I don't know, some kind of some personal state stuff came up in my life. Nothing too serious, but just some stuff that required my attention. Uh, and on top of that, I've been having some ongoing issues with my ISP. Uh, just my internet uh, just intermittently stops working pretty frequently uh, to the point where I've barely been able to play ESO at all for the past month. Um, and so if I can't even log into the game, it's pretty hard to do a podcast about it. But... Uh, I'm lucky that I live in a city where there actually is competition for broadband internet. Uh, so at the recommendation of a couple of friends, I, I switched providers and things seem to be looking good now. Um, so we're going to pick this thing back up, but I think I might take a little bit of a different approach uh, than I was before. Of course, as I explained in previous episodes, this is all new to me. I've never done podcasts before, so I'm still figuring out you know, what it takes to make a podcast, how much energy goes into it, uh, and also how much energy I'm willing to put into it as well. Because, uh, of course, I don't make money doing this. I have a day job. I have, you know, a personal life as well. Um, and I was really dumping a lot, a lot of time into this, which is fun. Um, but I need to find a little bit better balance. I think one of the ways uh, that I can do that is just to maybe be a little less structured in in these episodes. Uh, I was spending a lot of time um, just preparing and researching and putting an outline together um, hours and hours a day, kind of meticulously going over all that stuff. I've been going forward, I'm going to have just more of a, a general idea of what I want to talk about. Um, but, you know, when the time comes to record, I'm mostly going to just kind of wing it around those topics. Um, so that's where we're at. So what this episode is going to be, this is going to be a uh, public test server five um, catch up. There's been three weeks of elsewhere PTS. Um, I haven't had, had any uh, recordings since that started, so there aren't any discussions um, about these last three weeks of patch notes. So I'm going to try to condense the last um, three weeks of PTS patch notes uh, into one discussion here. Uh, there's a lot. It's a, it is a lengthy list of notes uh, and changes that are being made and things that are being added to the game. Um, way, way too much uh, to cover uh, in just one episode. Um, so I'll actually be skipping over uh, quite a bit of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to talk about very many things that aren't already in the game. For example, I'm not really going to be talking about the new uh, story chapter, the new zone, the new trial. I'm not really going to be talking about those things. We're just going to wait and see when those things go live and then talk about them then. Um, also, I probably won't talk much about Necromancer. A lot of these patch notes are like balance changes to the necromancer specifically but since most of us haven't even gotten our chance got a chance to get our hands on the necromancer in the first place probably not much of that is going to be very relevant to us so probably skip over most of that um the things we will talk about are and the things that are interesting to me uh we'll cover the new item sets that are going to be coming out um we'll talk a lot about um combat and ability changes that'll be 
the the big bulk of what this conversation is about. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, some changes that are being made to existing uh, item sets as well. Uh, so those will be the main focus. And of course, as we talk about these things, it'll bring up other related topics and we'll kind of uh, uh, diverge on those things, um, you know, as the, as the moment um I don't know how to how to say what I was gonna say, you know. Uh, we'll just we'll just wing it. We'll wing it. Uh, so here we go. Let's get started. So first up, let's talk about these new item sets that are coming with the Elsewhere Zone. Um, they come in a few different categories. There's of course, as always, there's the Overland sets, there's the Crafted sets, um, and there are some trial sets as well. Uh, let's start with the Overland sets. The first one is one of my favorites. It's called Crafty Alfiq, A-L-F-I-Q. It's a light armor set. Every single bonus is just Max Magica. It's basically the Magica version of Draugr Hulk. Um, and when I say basically, I mean it's identical. I looked it up, and the, the stats that they give, I think, are basically identical. Uh, so you get 1096 Max Magica, 1096 Max Magica, 1096 Max Magica, uh, and then for the five piece, 2560 Max Magica. And I assume that's uh, at gold, if it's all golded out, those are the values, that's my assumption. That's really awesome. I, I love sets uh, that are like this, they just give you a whole bunch of stats. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to do anything other than wear the set, and then you just have this this big pool of stats now uh, that you can play around with and what's nice is that offers you a ton of build flexibility having one big huge stack uh, stat pool like that just a, a big pile of magicka it gives you a lot of options in your build i, I mean i'm thinking especially in pvp uh, but even in pve too um you know it's not just giving you max magicka you know when you think about it it's 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 giving you a bunch of like surplus magicka that you can trade for other stats, you know. So if you need more health in your build or more stamina in your build, you can trade off stamina because you have such a surplus if you're wearing this set. You know, maybe you can afford to slap on a few health or stamina glyphs or maybe you can make your jewelry infused, uh, you know, to, to help you know, whatever enchantments you have in your jewels uh, be more powerful. Might give you some more options for like your Moondust Stone, that sort of stuff. Uh, especially in PvP, I think this kind of set is really nice because on the surface it just looks like, oh, it's giving me a bunch of Magicka, but kind of it's giving me the option to have more of my other stats as well. You know, like I can, I can, I can now maybe if I'm wearing this on a PvP Magicka character and I'm trying to get my health and my stamina up a little higher, you know, um, maybe I won't have to make such a sacrifice to do that now. Like now I can trade some Magicka to, to beef up those stats a little bit, but still have plenty of Magicka also. Uh, so I really like that. And you don't have to do anything for it. You just wear the set. That's great. Let's, let's have more of that. I think this is going to fit right into the game. It's going to be one of those sets, like, as, as soon as it's in the game, it's just going to feel like it's always been there. You know, like, uh, I feel like that was the case with Brightthroat's Boast in Merkmire. That just feels like a set that has just been around all along. Um, Shacklebreaker, that's another one. It's like, how do we ever get by without it? <laughs> you know, um... So I think this is going to be a great set. It's going to add uh, add some, some really nice options to a lot of different builds. 
Next overland set we have, so overland, of course, we all know, right? You just, you, you can find this in the zone, right? In elsewhere, um, world bosses, chests, delves, that kind of stuff. Um, or quest rewards, you know, that's where these sets come from. So that was Crafty Alfique, the light armor set. Uh, now we have a medium armor set, uh, Vesture of Darlock Bray. Um... So it looks like a, a stamina DPS set. Uh, you get oh no no it's 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 more than that. Uh, we get uh, 129 magicka recovery, 129 stamina recovery, uh, and then for the four piece, uh, reduce the radius you can be detected while sneaking by two meters, and reduce the cost of sneak by 10 percent. So that's basically the passives that were taken away from Wood Elf and um, Khajiit. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if the numbers were exactly the same, but that's basically uh, the passive that they had before this last patch, and it was removed. Uh, and they said, I remember them saying before that they do plan to put that type of sneak mechanic back in the game somehow, but in a way in which players will really have to invest in it. Uh, and I guess. This is that. This is what they were talking about. Like the way you invest is you're dedicating one of your entire five-piece armor sets uh, to being able to do that. So that's the four-piece bonus. Um, the five-piece, uh, while crouching, you restore 670 magicka and stamina and heal for 670 uh, every second. So every one second while crouching, you get 670 magicka, stamina, and health. That's the only condition is that you're crouching. I wonder if that counts, like if you're a vampire and you know you don't you don't get the uh, movement penalty for for sneaking. Um, I wonder if that counts as crouching, you know, because like your character model doesn't appear to be crouching when you're when you're moving around, but you are in stealth. So I wonder how that factors in. That could be really cool. Um, I like this set. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it's not going to be the meta or anything, but I could definitely see this fitting a certain play style. I mean, gankers, obviously. This is, this is a ganker set. Um, you get magical recovery, so you can you can spam your cloak more. Stamina recovery, that's useful for any stamina build. You get this, this four-piece uh, sneak um, detection reduction and cost reduction. Uh, and then you get all three stats, uh, a pretty nice recovery on all three stats while crouching. So this is a set where, you know, you can be extra sneaky. It's harder to detect you. You get in, get your gank, and then cloak uh, and recover, and right, right? And while you're cloaked, hopefully you're crouching as well, and you're instantly recovering those resources to get ready for your next gank attempt. Uh, so this could basically count as your sustain set. You know, often in PvP, you want to have a sustain set. Uh, and a damage set, and then whatever your monster set is. Um, this could count as your sustain set, and then your other set could be uh, damage-focused, uh, because if you're kind of playing that way where you, you're just planning to have these periods of recovery, right? You, the plan is get a fast gank, take them out quickly, and then disappear, recover. Hopefully you'll be recovering pretty quickly with this set, because these are some, some very nice uh, recovery stats on that five-piece. Uh, it could be effective. I could I could see people making this work. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if it'll be uh, the meta or anything, but it definitely has a place, and it's unique, uh, which I always like. Certainly not trash. Um, and then our third uh, and last Overland set is a heavy set. 
Call of the Undertaker. You get 4% healing taken, 1206 maximum health, 4% healing done. Uh, and then for the five piece, you get another 1206 max health. Uh, and when you deal damage with a light attack, you apply minor lifesteal to your enemy for eight seconds. Uh, and minor lifesteal um, that heals you and your allies for 600 health every one second when damaging the enemy. And that can happen every eight seconds. Um, so that's basically an easy way to have minor lifesteal up at all times. Right, like 100% uptime on that. Um, in PvE, I really strongly doubt this set sees the light of day. <laughs> I doubt anyone equips this thing at all for uh, for a PvE dungeon or trial run or anything like that. Um, the five-piece basically just gives everyone um, a heal over time, uh, like a, a moderately strong heal over time, six, 600 every second. Um, not amazing. And the thing is, in PvE, um, he healing really isn't an issue, you know? Like, pe people manage to keep their health uh, topped up pretty easily. Uh, if you have a halfway decent healer, you know, everyone has their own kind of self-healing abilities slotted in one way or another. Um, plus, you know, if you, if you have a halfway decent healer, uh, they're just keeping your health topped up all the time. It's not a big deal. The, the real threat in PvE are like one-shot, two-shot, three-shot mechanics, uh, things like that. Um, those are things that are really difficult um, to prepare for and, um, you know, to work around. Uh, just a, a, a small heal over time I just don't see being very helpful for very many groups. I think most groups would much rather have some other kind of utility coming from the tank, um, you know, preferably, preferably something to buff everyone's damage is going to be the main thing. I don't think having 100% uptime on minor lifesteal, um, that just doesn't seem enticing to me for a PvE tank. Uh, for PvP, maybe, maybe like with this and like um, Leeching Plate or Barajo's Curse, um, some kind of like a tanky, unkillable, trolly build. I could, I could see something like that maybe working with this. Um, those kind of builds aren't really interesting to me, quite honestly. Uh, um, but maybe for some people, I don't know. I think this. I hope they take another look at this set before it goes live. That seems boring. Seems like this is going straight to the decon pile. The other two Overland sets seem cool. Crafty Alfique. That's just. That's just a, a solid set that's going to see a lot of use right away. I think Vesture of Durlock Bray, the, the stealth set, I don't think it's going to see as widespread use as Crafty Elfique, but I, there, I think there are definitely players that will make use of this set and, and make, a, make effective use of it. Uh, Call of the Undertaker, this heavy set, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I don't know. Uh, Ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to... Uh, you got to tell me what you think. All right, so that's all the Overland sets. Um, so on to the crafted sets. Uh, first one, Senshe Rot's Grit. And remember, these are crafted, so they can be in any weight, light, medium, or heavy. Um, this one, uh, you get 4% healing done, 12.06 max health, 4% healing taken. And then after being damaged... By a, by a dot, damage over time ability, 
uh, increase your healing received by 6% and your physical spell resistance by 2585 for 3 seconds. There's no cooldown on that, so I guess that can just be refreshed again and again and again. Uh, anytime you get damaged with a dot. So, you know, you get hit with a dot, it, it activates this ability, and then the dot ticks a second later, and it, I'm guessing will refresh this ability, so it just starts all over again. So that three seconds sounds like it's not very long, but that basically guarantees that it's going to be, it's going to last the full duration of that dot plus a couple of seconds after that. Um, and you get 6% increased healing uh, and increased uh, physical spell resistance. Uh, again, I don't see this getting used in PvE very much. Uh, tanks can stay alive in PvE, okay? Um, it's it's not... It's not hard to be tanky if you want to be, you know, if you if you want to be tanky and and hard to kill, you know, we have sets like um, Plague Doctor and Fortified Brass. Uh, if you just, if we just want to be bulky and hard to kill, um, it's uh, and again, healers are typically pretty good. They don't have a hard time keeping people's health uh, filled up. I don't know if having this healing received buff is gonna seem very valuable to many pve groups um you know maybe in pvp i could i could see this possibly being uh usable uh and, and again like a trolley kind of pv unkillable uh pvp build uh it just doesn't seem interesting to me though honestly um the next crafted set we have uh vestari's tutelage <laughs> uh, why does that why does that word make me laugh tutelage all right so we have maximum stamina maximum health maximum magicka and then for the five piece there's a lot going on in the five piece you get 129 magicka recovery 129 stamina recovery and when you resurrect an ally you and your ally gain 258 weapon and spell damage and 10 percent cost reduction to all abilities for 10 seconds so that's a that's a big old buff you get right there like when you when you resurrect an, al an ally that's a huge sp um, damage buff plus a huge sustain buff for 10 seconds you both get that um, the problem I have with this is is like hopefully you never have to use it right like if you're if your team's doing well hopefully no one dies hopefully you're not having to resurrect them and therefore you know under ideal circumstances, you're never you're never benefiting from that final five piece bonus there. Um, but I don't know. There's so much else going on in this set that it might be fine. I mean, you get you get max all three stats, right? Maximum stamina, health, and magicka. So already I'm thinking, you know, a good candidate for a PvP set. Uh, and then the five piece gives you um, 129 magicka and stamina recovery. Uh, and then that resurrect thing on top of all that. So even even without that last bonus there, uh, it seems like a pretty de those are some pretty decent stats there. Um, and then the, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see them re rework this resurrection um, uh, bonus to work some other way. So because I don't want to have to be like doing poorly in order to benefit from this. You know, I'd like to be able to like more proactively activate this ability somehow. Um, I don't know. I think if think if they could tweak this just a little bit, this looks like it could, 
you know, be a competitor to Shacklebreaker or uh, or something like that. Um, there's something there's something there. I hope they take it. I hope they take a look at that last uh, bonus there. Um, that, but that is a huge buff. I just I wish it could be activated some other way. I don't know what that would be. All right, our third and final crafted set. <laughs> this one, this one's fun. All right, this was just just fun. Um, it's called Cold Harbor's Favorite. You get 1096 max magicka, 1096 max stamina, uh, and then for your four piece, you get 129 spell and weapon damage. So again, it's another set that can be used by either a stamina or magicka build. I'm always a fan of that. Um, and then the five piece. All right, this is, this is a mouthful, so hang with me here. Uh, when you heal yourself or an ally, summon Cadwell's Noble Mount, whose name is Honor. Um, who after two seconds casts a healing spell on you and allies around him that heals for 12,190 health over four seconds. That's a pretty darn strong heal over time. Um, and <laughs> when you damage an enemy, uh, also summon Cadwell's Noble Mount, whose name is Honor, um, who after two seconds explodes, damaging enemies around him for 12,190 magic damage over four seconds. So fairly strong dot as well. Uh, and then honor can only be summoned once every 10 seconds. So <laughs> I don't know. I think this thing is going to be hilarious to see. I think people are going to use this thing just for the lulls. And on top of that, it actually is, seems like it might be fairly strong too. Uh, I, I think I think we're probably going to see like I don't know. Are we going to see four man battlegrounds groups just all running <laughs> Cold Harbor's favorite set, which is these uh, noble mounts popping up everywhere, just healing and damaging people left and right? It'll be funny to see. Um, anyway, yeah. So every ten seconds, you can potentially summon this thing, and, and depending on how you summon Cadwell's noble mount, uh, if you summon him by healing. He's going to heal. And if you summon him by damaging, then he's going to damage. Um, and it's a, there's a two-second delay on both of those. Um, so it seems like for damage, it's probably going to be pretty easy to avoid. You get a, It's a, probably going to be a very obvious-looking uh, horse or something like that. Um, and then you get two seconds to get out of the way before it explodes. Uh, so it's not too strong, but it is, you know, it's pretty strong. And again, just for the laugh factor, I think people are probably going to use it. And the two, three, and four piece bonuses alone are are decent. Um, so anyway, that's that's all the uh, crafted sets. Uh, and then we have a few uh, trial sets as, we as well, four of them. Um, the first one here, it's a light armor set. This one wins the prize for the coolest named armor set in the game, False God's Devotion. Sounds so cool, I think. Um, you get Spell Critical. Um, number three, for pretty much all these trial sets, getting Minor Slayer at all times. Uh, that means 5% extra damage against um, dungeon trial monsters. And then four piece, another Spell Critical. And then your five piece, you get 129 spell damage. And then uh, reduces the cost of your magicka abilities by 8%. Just a flat eight percent cost. So that's like, is that what's seducer? Is it eight or ten percent? It's in that ballpark. That's a pretty good cost reduction. Um, and then when you kill an enemy, you restore twenty one fifty magicka, 
and gain major expedition for eight seconds. Um, so major expedition, that's increased movement speed by 30%. Um, I don't know for, for a set that's, you know, clearly a PVE set. I don't, I don't know if the major expedition is very useful, but the rest of this stuff is definitely useful. Absolutely. Eight flat, 8% 8 cost reduction on all magicka abilities. And when you kill an enemy, restore 2150 magicka. That's, that's a ton. If you're fighting a mob of enemies, um, like Skyreach or just really any dungeon, enemies are dropping left and right and you're restoring 2150 every single time. It doesn't say anything about how many times this can proc per second or whatever. So it just happens, I guess, every time you kill an enemy. Um, that is a crazy amount of sustain. That is very, very strong in, in PvE. Pro probably not crazy in uh, PvP, but again, you get that flat 8% cost reduction on top of everything else. I wonder if you were like a Breton and wearing this set and seducer, like how much cost reduction is that? Are your, are your abilities basically just free at that point? Like that's, that's interesting, interesting uh, thing to look into. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool set. Uh, just for the, yeah, just for the crazy sustain. Um, next set is a medium stamina DPS set called Tooth of Lacustes. These are like weird dragon names, so they're hard to pronounce. Tooth of Lacustes. L-O-K-K-E-S-T-I-I-Z. So you tell me, catsparrowhawk at gmail.com. Um... You get 129, 129 weapon damage, uh, again, minor slayer at all times, another 129 weapon damage. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. False God's Devotion. So all that stuff I talked about. Also, on top of that, if you do the veteran version of the trial, then you get the perfected version of this set, which gives you an additional 1096 max magic uh, uh, on that five piece bonus on top of everything else we said. All right. Tooth of Lockestees, 129 weapon damage, Minor Slayer, 129 weapon damage. Uh, and then for the five piece, when you activate a synergy, gain Major Slayer for 15 seconds, increasing your damage done uh, to Trial and Dungeon Monsters by 15%. Uh, and then if you get the perfected version, you get uh, 833 weapon critical on top of that. So that's interesting. Um, if you don't have someone else in your group giving you Major Slayer with what is it master architect or something like that uh it's not a super common buff definitely not a not a given um especially if you're doing um if you're playing with pugs all the time and stuff and you're definitely activating synergies if you have a halfway decent healer and tank then you're you're going to be activating synergies left and right uh no doubt so you'll have a decent uptime on that i'll be interested to see what what the testing reveals on that uh the only thing that gives me pause is that i you, you would 100% rely on teammates uh, to, to be benefiting from that five piece. Uh, so if you're playing solo or whatever, then that's just a dead, a dead bonus. Um, all right. Uh, next set, we got another light set. This is a healer set. Uh, you get 129 Magicka Recovery. You get Minor Aegis at all times. It reduces your damage taken by Dungeon and Trial Monsters by 5%. Uh, then you get 1096 Max Magicka. And then for the 5 piece, when an ally activates one of your synergies, you and that ally get 12% cost reduction 
for non-ultimate abilities for three seconds. These, these descriptions are a mouthful. That can happen every six seconds. So, I don't know, if you're a healer, people are activating your synergies like all the time, right? So uh, you're probably getting that thing uh, almost every six seconds, I bet. Um, just a 12% cost reduction, um, you know, maybe possibly close to 50% of the time. That, that could be nice. And then the tanking set, Claw of Yolnacreen. Did I say the name of the healer set? Eye of Noventaz. Eye of Noventaz. And then Claw of Yolnacreen, the heavy set. Uh, you get 1206 max health. Uh, you get uh, minor ages just like the healer at all times. Uh, 1096 max stamina. Oh, I'm sorry. The healer, you also get 1096 Max Magica for the perfected version. Uh, I do apologize to anyone who's actually listening to this. I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, I haven't, like I said, I haven't had a lot of practice. Uh, this is my first podcast in, I don't know, probably at least six weeks, maybe more. Um, so I'm getting back in the swing of it. Plus, I'm new at podcasting to begin with. So, you know, cut me some slack. Um, I'll figure it out. Give me another, like, episode or two. This is going to be a smooth operation. Um, Claw of Yolda Creed. <laughs> uh, so let's just go at it again. Uh, max health, minor ages, max stamina. And then when you taunt an enemy, you give yourself and 11 group members, so a full your whole trial group, uh, minor courage for 15 seconds. Uh, that, that increases your weapon spell damage by 129. That can happen every eight seconds. Uh, if you don't already don't already know, uh, minor courage does not currently exist in the game. There's no source of minor courage, uh, so this will be the first time ever that players have access to this unique uh, damage buff, uh, and the only way to get it is from this tanking set. Um, and 129, I mean that's that's a standard like five piece bonus or uh, uh, like a two three or four. I'm sorry, two three or four piece bonus. Uh, 129 um, weapon spell damage. So, yeah, you're basically giving your damage dealers an extra set bonus. Um, and it's when you taunt an enemy, this happens for 15 seconds, and that can happen every 8 seconds. So that's an easy 100% uptime, easy to proc, uh, not no percentage chance, it's a guarantee. Um, so this this is a good tanking set. I think I kind of dunked on the other couple tanking sets in this patch, but this one right here looks interesting. Uh, I don't know what the testing shows or anything like that, um, if it's going to be meta or, or not. Uh, but absolutely, this is the type of five-piece bonuses. This is the type of five-piece bonus that groups are looking for in a tanking set. Uh, generally, tanks don't have too hard of a time staying alive. If they do, there are selfish sets that are, will easily help them stay alive. Uh, most of the time, what most groups want is just, hey, help us do more damage uh, to get through this fight faster. Um, and so that's what this is. I, 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 I see this getting used. I don't know if it's going to be the meta or not. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But I definitely see this being in some people's inventory and getting some use now and then for sure. Uh, so it's a good set. Good set. 
All right, so I'm going to take a little bit of a break. That's all of the new armor sets. I'm going to take a little bit of a break to give my voice a little bit of a rest. Uh, and then we are going to talk about all these combat and abilities changes. And this is going to be the bulk of the discussion. There's a lot here. It's going to take a while to get through. Um, so, yeah, I want to be right back and we'll talk about it. Okay, I'm back. So let's talk about these combat and ability changes. Uh, first of all, let me give you a reminder that uh, I'm not discussing all of the changes. There's there's just not nearly enough time. Uh, my, my voice will be totally gone if I try to uh, cover every single thing. Um, so I'm just going to touch on the stuff that stands out to me. Um, there's a lot of changes to abilities, like, like in pretty much every damage over time ability is getting changed to kind of fit a sort of standard that they're trying to shoot for. Uh, and so pretty much all of those abilities are being changed in the same way. Um, so I'm not going to really be um, talking about those because it's not really going to change how you use them or anything. They're still dots. Um, so, um, you know, you can look up the PTS notes, um, you know, just Google search ESO forums, click on the public test server link, and they, they put all the notes right at the very top there if you want to see every single thing. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out the the stuff that stands out to me. All right, so uh, we'll start start off talking about just like general abilities that uh, will affect everybody, and then we'll get into the class specifics. So uh, first of all, uh, player abilities that fear targets they say uh, will no longer cause them to flee in terror. They're not gonna run away anymore when you fear them. Uh, instead, they will now cower in terror, uh, unable to move while feared. And they say that that does not affect abilities that monsters can cast, um, so only player abilities. So like a Nightblade hits you with Aspect of Terror, uh, so no longer is that going to cause you to run away in fear, uh, it'll cause you to cower in fear in place. I think that's a good thing for everybody. Uh, the if if you're getting feared like yeah, there's been there's been times that I've been feared off a cliff you know <laughs> like uh, Nightblade fears me my character starts running away out of my control and I just run right off a cliff uh, that has happened um, and uh, also so you know keeping that from happening is going to be nice and also uh, I think it's good for the Nightblade you know like a Nightblade like a stamina Nightblade say they fear you and you start running away you might like run out of range of their incapacitating strike or whatever attack they're trying to hit you with. So they're having to, you know, after they feel you, fear you, they kind of have to follow where you're going to, to land their combo. So this will make it easier for night blades too. They'll fear you. You'll stay, you'll stay put right, right in range of their, uh, um, incapacitating strike or surprise attack or whatever they're trying to hit you with. So I think both parties probably are, are on board with this. Is what it seems like to me. All right, next. Uh, they say they're, they've improved the reliability of charge and teleport abilities. I'm guessing that means gap closers. Um, when attempting to use them against high mobility targets. Um, so... Uh, and the snare that's briefly applied when casting to one... Uh, when, when casting one of these abilities on the target has increased to 60%. From 30%. So better reliability targets that are like move really fast and stuff. Sometimes you can hit a gap closer and then by the time you get, you know, to where they were, they're not there anymore because they move so fast. Uh, so you spent that gap closer and it didn't actually hit anybody. 
So they said they've, they don't say how exactly, but they say they've, they've improved the reliability of that. Um, and then the snare, if you hit them, uh, instead of a 30% snare, it's a 60% snare. Uh, but then, so that was on the 5.0.0 notes, uh, but then in 5.0.2, they kind of undid that snare thing. So, uh, in 5.0.2, they said they made several changes to all all gap closer abilities. Uh, and those changes are, um, so remove the snare applied from all abilities that deal with character charges, leaps, teleports, or other movements. So first they increased the snare to 60% and then they took snares away totally from gap closers. Um, which I think is a good thing. Fewer snares, the better. Get them all out of here. They're all I care. Um... And then they removed all minimum ranges from these abilities. So you don't have to be standing, what, like three and a half meters away or whatever to use it. You can be right on top of somebody and hit them again with it if you want to. Um, drastically increase the speed of all of these abilities and increase their auxiliary effects range uh, to ensure they'll always apply to the target. So auxiliary effects like debuffs and things like that. Um, so you're just going to move faster when you hit that... Um, when you hit that ability, that gap closer ability, you're just going to be covering that distance faster. Um, and I've seen some YouTube videos. Christopher ESO in particular put up a YouTube video uh, demonstrating that change and talking about it. And um, he seems to like it a lot. And uh, I don't know, it seems seemed pretty convincing to me that it, uh, maybe it's a pretty good change. Um, and then they note that uh, Dragon Leap uh, is excluded from these changes. Um, it'll still fire a snare, which has a new visual effect. Um, and they're saying that, that this is an exception because it's an ultimate, you can't spam it. Um, so, you know, it's okay for it to kind of be an exception to, to this new rule set they're putting in place for gap closers. Um, so yeah, that's the gap closer changes. I think, I think that's good. I know a lot of PVP people have been complaining, uh, about, issues with movement speed and just constantly being snared and mobilized and all that, uh, and kind of takes the fun out of it. And, you know, there, there are definitely times when I agree. Um, so, uh, I think this is at least an attempt to address those concerns and make those people happy. Uh, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Um, and then, uh, on that topic, uh, here, so here's another change. All immobilizes from player abilities, uh, and item sets will now apply immobilization immunity, uh, once applied. Um, so if, uh, if you're not already aware, like hard crowd control, like, uh, um, like a, a knockback or a stun or something like that, uh, you get put on a, a five second CC immunity when somebody hits you with one of those. So somebody hits you with flame reach and you get knocked to the ground, you know, and you lose control of your character for a second. Um, you, no one can do that to you again for five seconds, right? Uh, so if they try to hit you with flame reach again, I mean, you'll take the damage, but you won't get knocked down again. Uh, or if like a Dragonite comes up and tries to fossilize you, uh, if it's within that five seconds, it's not going to work. You're immune. Um, that, that was not the case that, that currently is not the case for immobilizes. Uh, you, you, you haven't lost total control of your character. You just can't, um, walk is all you're like stuck in a certain spot on the, on the ground, but you can still cast abilities and block and all that. Uh, it's considered a soft CC and it's not on that five second cooldown. Uh, so you can keep 
um, spamming it on people and keep them locked down uh, pretty well. Um, well, so now it looks like that's being put on a three second cooldown. So hard CC on a five second cooldown, soft CC on a three second cooldown, or not all soft CC, I guess, just, just immobilizes. Um, I think I think that's probably good. Again, I mean, PvP people uh, have been complaining about this for months and months. Uh, it really takes a lot of fun out of it. A lot of what is fun about PvP in this game is the combat is fast, uh, you know, action oriented. Um, you know, that kind of that kind of kills that. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's all like the general changes. We'll be getting into the the class changes uh, as well. Um, so we'll start off with the Dragon Knight. The number number of changes. Yeah, this is going to be a long discussion. <laughs> uh, Dragon Knight. So uh, Inferno. Um, this ability now operates like the Flames of Oblivion morph, uh, where it will scale with your highest offensive stat. Um, and I said they've always also increased the power of these abilities by 5%. So, uh, Flames of Oblivion, it costs Magicka to use, but the actual damage that it deals, uh, scales off of whichever is highest, um, Magicka, Stamina, and, uh, Weapon or Spell Damage. Um, so Flames of, of Oblivion is a cool skill use for Dragon Knights, either Stamina or Magicka for that reason. Uh, so it looks like they're just making the the base they're making that the case for the base ability without having to morph it, uh, which I'm guessing means that when you morph to the healing morph, that the same applies. Um, so they said Flames of Oblivion. This morph no longer exclusively adds the dynamic scaling mechanism like we were just talking about. Uh, instead, the morph retains the gaining of major savagery. And hits one additional enemy. So that's what you're getting from that morph. You're getting uh, Major Savagery. Uh, and it hits two enemies instead of one. Next up we have uh, Lava Whip. I'm pretty interested in this one. Actually this one seems pretty cool. So um, they reduced the cost of this ability and its morphs by 5%. To put it in line with other melee spammables, that's a good move. Any way they can help Dragonite with sustain is always going to be a good thing. Um, it seems over the last several patches, they've been helping DK sustain, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, but it still seems like a struggle with Dragonite. Um, which I know that's the idea. That's they're supposed to be like they've explained it before, where um, some classes are focused on being high sustain, and some classes are focused on being high damage and low sustain. And Dragon Knight and Sorcerer are two examples of that uh, that they pointed out. Anyway, five <laughs> percent uh, cost reduction on Lava Whip. <clears throat> um, I'm down with that. Um, and then the Molten Whip Morph. Uh, they've totally reworked this ability. They say uh, it no longer grants a passive bonus to weapon and spell damage while slotted. That's gone. Uh, instead, they say this passive grants access to Seething Fury, is what they call it, uh, which is a 33% damage bonus to your next Molten Whip cast. Uh, and increase of 125 weapon and spell damage every time you activate an Ardent Flame ability that isn't Molten Whip. 
this bonus can stack up to three times, lasts five seconds, and will refresh in duration every time is it applied to you. It is applied to you. Uh, I mean, that's quite a mouthful. Um, so, so yeah, uh, no one ever uses this morph, right? Everyone just uses the um, the flame lash morph. Um, they're trying to make this where people will actually maybe want to use this one. You know, there's a good reason to use either one. Um, so let me see if I can make sense of this description here. Um, this passive grants access to Seething Fury, a 33% damage bonus with your next Molten Whip cast. Every time you activate an Ardent Flame ability that isn't Molten Whip. So, uh... So yeah, I mean you're using a lot uh, as a Magicka Dragonite. You're using a lot of um, ardent flame abilities. So I guess every time you activate one of those abilities, um, this happens, and then that that can stack up to three times and lasts five seconds, and it refreshes every time it's applied to you. So you could probably have pretty good uptime on that. It's um. If I'm reading this right, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for all the pauses. I'm just trying to like really understand what this is saying. If I understand this correctly, you could possibly, you could probably get that 33% damage increase and the 125 weapon spell damage uh, almost at all times. I think. I think you probably have to be on the bar in which this ability is slotted for that to apply. So your front bar, um, but um, you know, you spend a lot of time on that bar, so it should. Could, should be fine. Seems strong. I don't know. We'll have to see what the testing looks like. It seems like that would be a totally valid morph choice. You know, either one would be fine. It's pretty nice. Coagulating blood. Uh, the heal. They increase the heal of this morph by approximately 19% to put it in line with other burst heal abilities. I think that's good. Um, it's, a, it's already a pretty strong heal, but I guess, you know, not strong enough. Um, so I'll take that. Uh, Dragon Leap. Uh, a bit of a change here. Uh, increase the radius of this ability and its morphs to 8 meters from 6.5 meters. Um, it also now applies a more aggressive snare um, to targets it's cast on to prevent them from being able to outrun the AoE damage when it lands. So I'm guessing when you cast it, like before you even land, uh, your enemies get snared to kind of hold them in place so that you can land on, on top of their heads what that sounds like uh, and it's a bigger radius as well so cool that's a buff uh reflective scale all right this one's got this one's got everyone worked up uh you know I, I, i'm not worked up about it but i'm uh, i'm concerned you know this definitely changes um how my dragon knight's gonna have to play pvp Reflective Scale, they've renamed this ability to Protective Scale. Uh, converted the Reflect function into a 50% damage reduction from projectiles. Uh, and this happens with all three versions of the ability. The base ability and both morphs. So no more reflecting projectiles for Dragon Knight. That's gone. Uh, instead, with this ability active, you have 50% damage reduction against projectiles melee damage doesn't it doesn't do anything um 
It's interesting. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of um, forum discussions with people on both sides of the fence of this thing. Some people say, you know, Dra- Dragonite's garbage now. Uh, this is you know the most ridiculous change ever. You know, you have that, uh, and then you have other people saying actually. This is a super awesome buff. Um, you know, it just depends, I guess, on on your perspective. Um, I haven't had my hands on it. I haven't logged into PTS. I like to wait till the to the live patch to get my hands on these things. Um, it just seems like it's definitely going to have an effect on the way I play with my Dragonite. Um, but I get it. I mean, if I'm playing against a dragon knight like if i'm on my my mag blade and i'm in a battlegrounds and i come up against a, a mag a magica dragon knight that has wings i just turn around and go find a different target i don't even try to bother because i can't I, I cannot get through those wings um so if i'm playing something other than a dragon knight if i'm if if, if i'm logged in with a character that's not a dragon knight then i think i'm going to be happy about this change but then if i'm actually Playing with my Dragon Knight, I'm going to be unhappy about this change. Uh, but maybe not. I mean, 50% is a lot. That's a lot of damage reduction. Uh, I just feel like I'd rather have the Reflect. Uh, we'll see. I'm sure I mean, I'm sure DK will still be good. Um, all right. The, the Dragon Fire Scale Morph. Um, this ability no longer increases... Uh, damage of reflected attacks since it no longer reflects attacks. Um, instead, incoming projectiles will now cause you to launch a fiery orb at the attacker that deals flame damage. And that can occur every fa- every half second. So uh, you get hit with a projectile, you take 50% less damage than you normally would, and you fire a f- fireball at them automatically. Um Okay, so it's it's similar to the the warden, uh, whatever the shimmering shield, whatever morph does that, um, except the 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 warden ability still reflects things, so there there is a difference. Or or, I guess it's not technically reflecting, but it's absorbing the entire projectile is what I mean. It's not just a damage reduction; it's it's a, a negation. Um, and then reflective plate uh, renamed this ability to protective plate. No other changes were made to the abilities function. So uh, the snare removal is the the main thing you get uh, with that one. And that's all the DK changes. All right. So next up we have Nightblade. Nightblade has got a bunch of changes. Uh, my opinion, maybe some of the most drastic changes. Uh, definitely. Um, has been the center of most of the discussion I've seen online. Um, So let's just jump right in. Uh, Deathstroke, um, the ultimate ability, this ability, and the incapacitating strike morph will no longer apply major defile, which that is a a 30% healing reduction. Um, So we don't get that anymore. Um, The incapacitating strike morph uh, will now apply minor mangle instead. And that is a... a 10% reduction to their max health. Uh, so that's what you get in place of that. Um, that is only if you cast it with 120 or more ultimate. So that comes along with the stun. Uh, so in cap, you can cast it at uh, at 70 ultimate, or you can save up to 120 ultimate to, to get the stun. 
Um, so now in addition to that stun, you'll also apply Minor Mangle to the target. Uh, and then Soul Harvest retains all of its current functionality. So no changes to Soul Harvest, it's just going to stay how it is. Uh, which it's, it's a great skill already, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, Grim Focus. Uh, so Minor Berserk has been removed from this ability. And this is what got, this is the main thing that's got most people up in arms. Uh, Minor Berserk gives you a flat 8% damage increase um, to, to just all of your damage. Um, that is being taken away. Uh, the Spectral Bow now heals for 33% of the damage dealt if you were within 7 meters of the target. So they're, they're trying to push uh, uh, Magblade, it seems, uh, into a, more of a, a melee range uh, class, it seems, maybe. Especially some of these other changes we'll read about. Uh, the Merciless Resolve Morph now increases that healing to 50%. So if you're within 7 meters of someone, you hit them with a the Spectral Bow. However much damage that does, you get a heal for half of that amount, which is probably going to be like, you know, sometimes as much as like a 10,000 10, heal. It would be pretty strong. Uh, the Relentless Focus Morph um, increased the duration to 30 seconds from 20 seconds. Uh, and also, this morph no longer grants Minor Endurance, which is a 10% stamina recovery buff. So that, that was taken away. So all around, I mean, it seems like um, Grim Focus and its morphs have have been nerfed a bit. Um, it's probably still way too good of a skill not to use. Um, it's I'm, I'm almost certain this will still be slotted on almost every Nightblade's bars, whether PvP or PvE. Uh, but some stuff's being taken away from it. Losing that Minor Berserk is um, that's a real hit. Um, and especially in PvP, where you really can't count on getting that buff from other people a lot of the time. Uh, and even in PvE, you know, you really, it's not a guarantee that you're getting this buff from other people. And I wonder if this is going to shake things up so that healers start running combat prayer um, more often. Because I feel like that, that ability is not really used all that much in PvE now. Um, but this may be a good reason for them to start. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't do a ton of PvE. I mostly do PvP, so... Maybe someone who does a lot of PvE can correct me. Maybe there's a very common source of this buff that, that uh, PvE groups are, are always getting. Uh, email me, ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com. Uh, inform me. I don't, I don't feel like Googling it right now. Um, but at any rate, I, I do know some people are, are upset about that, especially some PvP players. Um, so and then they made another change so that was in the first round of patch notes for the pcs and then in the 0.2 patch uh, they made an additional change so uh, grim focus this ability and its morphs uh, will now reduce your damage taken by three percent for each light uh, or heavy attack you use up to five times uh, and then note that this bonus will persist even if grim focus fades so even if the uh, if it expires you still retain those stacks um, and then those stacks will be consumed when you fire your bow or when you leave combat. So kind of just like how it's always worked, except now each time you gain a stack, you also get a 3% um, damage reduction up to stacking up to five times. So a total of 15% damage reduction. And I think that is a really interesting change. I mean, that's just straight up a buff. Nothing's being taken away there with that change. They're just giving you a defensive buff. And what's really cool about it is, is it lets you... It lets you, as a Nightblade, make a choice on how 
you want to use it. You you can you can gain those five stacks, have that fifteen percent damage reduction, and then just keep it. You know, like if you want, you don't have to fire uh, that spectral bow if you don't want to. You can just keep that fifteen percent damage reduction, and like it says right here. You can just let Grim Focus expire. You don't have to recast it. You're still going to keep that 15% damage reduction because it's not tied to that buff. It's tied to your, your stacks that you gained from your light and heavy attacks. Um, so even if you, like, if you decide, like, you know, I don't even care about the Spectral Bow mechanic. I just want a nice defensive buff. This is it right here. That's that's a great one, you know. Get get those five stacks and then just forget about it and just go on with the rest of your fight using different abilities. It's really it's pretty cool. Next ability, Summon Shade. This ability now scales with the caster's max magicka and spell damage or stamina and weapon damage. So it works for either stamina or magicka builds. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the shades will now attack every two seconds rather than every one and a half seconds. Uh, and then the Dark Shade Morph um, now deals 50% more damage um, as part of that morph. Uh, and then the AoE, the AoE attack that it does um, happens 5% more frequently and deals 20% more damage than the default attack. <laughs> uh, so all around, Summon Shade's getting a bit of a buff there. It's pretty nice. Uh, surprise attack. Um, this ability no longer applies major fracture. Instead, if you use the ability on the flank of an enemy, which is behind them or at their sides, um, you reduce their physical resistance by 5%. Uh, so that may appear to be a nerf on the surface because it is uh, you're not reducing their resistance by as much. Uh, but in PvE, especially, this is absolutely a buff because uh, your enemies are already getting Major Fracture from the tank. Uh, and Major Fracture can't stack with itself. So if two different people are applying it, the, the enemy is only getting it once. So it's just kind of, that effect is kind of a waste in a, in a PvE group. Uh, or not kind of a waste, it is totally a waste. Um, so now instead, they've replaced that with a, a unique... 5% physical resistance debuff that can stack um, with Major Fracture. Um, so in a PvE setting, this is absolutely a good change uh, that most, most groups are going to be happy about. Um, PvP, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a nerf. Um, you're, you're not going to be reducing... It's going to be more difficult to reduce your opponent's uh, resistance, uh, and it's not going to be reducing it by as much... But you know what? Stand blades are already bloody strong. Man, if a good stand blade ambushes you out of stealth, it's it's going to be lights out in like three seconds. So uh, they could be brought down a notch or two in PvP still, I think. They still kind of reign supreme. I know everyone says like Warden is the king of PvP these days, but I don't think that's true. I think I think Stamina Nightblade has, is still and probably will continue to be kings of PvP for quite a while. So Cripple's gotten a couple changes that I'm I'm a little bummed about. I mean, I'll probably be okay, but uh, it's a it's a change. It changes some things. So main thing is this ability and its morphs no longer grant the caster major expedition, uh, and now it can be placed on an infinite amount of targets. So the infinite amount of targets, I think that's that's an awesome thing. You can just spam it on on a bunch of people, a whole group of people. That's awesome. Um, losing the major expedition that that strongly affects how I play with my Magblade. 
because uh, I, I play with my Magblade as a as a long ranged like elusive mage, right? And the main thing that I do, like say I'm I'm fighting a a stamina sorcerer or something, the main thing I'm doing is I'm crippling them over and over and over again. Uh, and what that's doing is it's immobilizing them, it's slowing them down, and giving me major expedition. So it makes it easier for me to stay, keep my distance, um, and keep them keep them far away while I'm hitting them with my ranged attacks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a cancerous playstyle. Maybe that's exactly what they are trying to get rid of. I mean, it seems like maybe that's the case. I know in general they said that they're trying to reduce the number of sources of major expedition that Nightblade has, because I know they have at least three that I can think of right now. This one, um, the um, major evasion skill, that the name escapes me right now, Blur, uh, and then the path, your Twisted Path. So uh, they're just trying to reduce the, the number of sources of major evasion you have. I would have liked to have kept it on this skill, though. But that's okay. Being able to apply it to infinite number of targets as the base skill is pretty cool. Uh, and then debilita the debilitate morph of that skill no longer refunds the magicka cost if the target dies. Um, instead, it applies minor magic steal to the enemy while the dot persists, which I think is a good change. Um, I've never been a fan of stuff that happens if the enemy dies. You know, I mean, I do a lot of PvP, and so whether or not the enemy dies is it's not a guaranteed thing, and if it's a good fight, you know, and it's going on for a long time, nobody's dying there, so I'm not benefiting from that that effect at all. Um, so this change, I benefit no matter what. Especially, actually, I benefit more if it's a long, drawn-out fight, because uh, I'm getting that minor magic steal, um, and it's just going to help my sustain, which in a long fight, that's, that's what I need help with. So I like that. I like that on that, on that morph there. And if Cripple isn't giving me Major Expedition anymore, um, that might be the better morph choice. I don't know. I might have to. I might have to play around with that and see. Uh, in addition to the Cripple, so uh, so the base ability, a couple other changes. They reduce the snare potency to thirty percent from forty percent, and then also the debilitate morph um, increase the snare potency to fifty percent. Uh, so some things can change around there. Uh, drain power, the AOE spammable, uh, increased the damage of the morph by 25% to put it kind of more in line with other similar skills. Um, and then sap essence will now give you major sorcery rather than brutality um, to better represent the scaling mechanism the skills use is what they say here. Makes good sense. Uh, the Stamina Morph, Power Extraction, uh, increased the damage of this ability by an additional 20%, and it continues to give you Major Brutality. So all around, just a, a buff to that ability, and just making the, um, the self-buffs that it applies uh, make a little more sense there. Good changes there. Soul Shred, uh, the ultimate, um, basically increased the radius to 8 meters instead of 6 meters. That's a good change. I always have a difficult time hitting people with that ability. So hopefully that will help. Uh, and then we have Blur. Uh, so the Double Take Morph, they renamed it uh, and reworked it. So now it's called Phantasmal Escape instead of Double Take. Um, this morph no longer grants Major Expedition. So again, they're reducing the number of sources of Major Expedition. 
Um, instead, you get immunity to snares and immobilizes for four seconds at max rank. Um, does does Nightblade have a snare removal skill right now? I don't think so. So that's that's not a bad change. It's not a bad change at all. Uh, I like I like having major expedition to this skill, but uh, snare removal is good too. I'll take it. We still have a couple of sources of major expedition, so uh, not not a big deal. Uh, and then they also say this uh, this morph no longer becomes cheaper as the ability ranks up, so they took that away. Uh, Lotus Fan increase the damage of the dot uh, applied from this ability by approximately 175 percent, put it on par with other dots. Um, that's that's interesting. I, I'm really curious to see if that's actually like a legit dot now. Uh, like if I could actually slot that in a PVE loadout. Um, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, 175 percent uh, damage increase. That's that is a lot. Um, very curious to see to see what happens there. All right, and the last Nightblade uh, skill change here is Mark Target. Um, I think it's a good change here. They removed the cost completely from this ability and its morphs. So it's more like um, other similar abilities such as weakness to elements. That's a, that's a free skill that you can cast. Um, so that's all there is to that. It's just a, it's a free ability. So I don't know, people might start using that more often now. Um, so that's cool. So that's, that's all the Nightblade changes. I, I would say that these are the changes that have spawned the most discussion on forums from what I've seen, especially the Grim Focus change. That is, that's the main thing that people are talking about. Um, I think, I think that's fine. I think Grim Focus, uh, especially with that, um, that defensive change that they made to it, I think it's a pretty darn interesting, uh, ability now. Um, my biggest bummer for me is the changes to Cripple. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to have an effect on the way that I play, but I think it'll be okay. Alright, so moving on. Next up we have Sorcerer. So Daedric Prey. Um, they reworked Daedric Prey. Um, so instead of gaining 1.1% damage on the explosion per rank, this ability now becomes cheaper as it ranks up. So instead of doing more damage as it ranks up, it costs less magicka as it ranks up. Uh, the final cost is now 2160 instead of 2430, um, but will deal 3.3% less damage overall. So it's hard to say if that's a buff or a nerf, it's just you're trading one thing for another. Um, they added a, a pet taunt functionality to this ability that is similar to the one built into heavy attacks. So your pets will now prioritize targets that have Daedric Prey on them. Um, so that makes good sense. Uh, reduce the damage bonus for pets from this ability uh, to 40% from 55%. So just some, some little tweaks uh, to that ability and the way pets interact with it. Uh, streak. This ability will now scale with your highest offensive stats, increasing the stun duration uh, to 3 seconds from 1.8 seconds. So all around a buff for Streak and makes it even better for stamina users. I mean, stamina sorcerers were already using Streak. <laughs> like, that's a guaranteed slot on your bar uh, if, you're, if you're playing PvP. Uh, now all the more reason to do it because it's going to do more damage because it scales with your actual offensive stats and the stun... Um, is almost doubled in length, 3 seconds instead of 1.8 seconds. So definitely beefed that ability up a little bit. 
Uh, Lightning Splash. Increase the duration of this ability and its morphs to 8 seconds from 6 seconds. Um, so, and then Liquid Lightning. So that morph, therefore, now uh, lasts 12 seconds to get that extra 4 second duration increase that that morph gives you. Uh, and then Lightning Flood uh, increases the damage of this morph by 5%. So that's interesting. Now people might actually use Lightning Flood because if the if the base ability lasts 8 seconds, that's doesn't Wall of Elements also last 8 seconds? I'm going to have to look that up really quick. ESO Wall of Elements. Or um, Elemental Blockade is what I want, actually. ESO Elemental Blockade. Just doing a little Googling here. Eight seconds. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, let me pull my notes back up here. So you actually could choose something. You could choose the lightning flood morph instead of li liquid lightning if you want. Since it lasts eight seconds, it's going to line up with your elemental blockade dot. So as far as when you recast it, it makes good sense in a rotation. Uh, f for me, eight seconds is the cutoff, right? For a for a dot, if it doesn't last at least eight seconds, I'm not going to use it in a PVE situation. Um, and so now, it you get that you get that nice eight seconds and a damage increase of five percent. This might be the morph of choice for people now. For some people, um, you know, the liquid lightning morph now lasting twelve seconds. That's that's nice, and that's going to help your sustain because you're not going to have to recast it as often. But it also kind of makes your rotation a little more difficult if you're trying to really take advantage of that because you're going to be recasting your dots at very different times because they're falling off at different times. Whereas if you're using Lightning Flood that lasts the exact same amount of time as Elemental Blockade, then you can recast both of those abilities at the same time. It makes your rotation a lot simpler. Uh, and it's doing five percent more damage, so uh, that's a cool, that's a cool change there, and it really makes a player think about which which one they would rather use. Uh, that's cool. I like it. I do like that. Because before, like right now, it's no it's no question you're going to use Liquid Lightning. That's that's the only one worth using. Mage's Wrath increase the damage of the area of effect damage of this ability and its morphs by twenty percent. Put it on par with other executes, is what they say. Um, and then the Endless Fury morph, this ability now returns Magicka if the target dies within five seconds of taking damage, rather than only if this ability kills them. So you you, you hit them with uh, Endless Fury. If they die within five seconds, you get a Magicka refund, whether it was Endless Fury that killed them or not. Um, and they also increase the amount of magic return by approximately 10%. So that's pretty good. All around, just a straight-up buff to Mage's Wrath. And that's all for Sork. Pretty minor changes for Sork. Uh, probably the most significant, I think, is Streak and Lightning Splash. Those two um, are the ones that are going to affect me the most, at least. All right, our next class is the Templar, and I'm pretty excited about this one. I've been really fixated on my Stamina Templar here lately. Um, it's just a really fun class to play with, uh, especially in PvP. And uh, these changes, some of these changes are really going to have a positive effect on, on my standpoint for sure. Uh, so first up, the Focus Charge, um, which is a gap closer. 
Uh, reduce the damage dealt this ability and the toppling charge morph by approximately 8% to put it on par with other gap closers. Um, and then the explosive charge morph uh, increase the damage dealt from this morph by approximately 15%. Um, and since it's a, a player-based AOE, they say, that puts it kind of more uh, in line with other similar abilities. Puncturing Strikes reduce the channel time of this ability and its morphs uh, from one second, uh, yeah, to one second uh, from 1.1 seconds. Um, so it's just going to just going to cast slightly faster. You'll be able to recast it slightly faster than before, which is always nice. Uh, radial sweep increase increase the radius of this uh, ability and its morphs to eight meters from six meters. Again, I always have a hard time hitting people with this ultimate. Uh, Increasing it up to 8 meters, I think, is going to help a lot with that. Uh, and then Empowering Sweep. They redesigned this morph to offer damage, um, more damage rather than survivability. Um, not sure how I feel about it, but the damage pulse after the initial hit now lasts 6 seconds at base, but increased by 2 seconds for each enemy hit, uh, up to a maximum of 6 enemies. Uh, it also now grants uh, Empower for the duration rather than major protection. So so you hit somebody with this thing. It's it's kind of like a it's a dombreaker-esque ability, right? You get an initial hit and then it gives them a strong dot for 6 seconds. Or if you hit more than one enemy with it, then it's an additional 2 seconds for each enemy you hit, a maximum of 6 enemies. Um so what? That could be Potentially 18 seconds total. Am I, am I right about that? That's a lot. And you get Empower for the entire duration of that. So that that's absolutely damage focused. I, I did enjoy having the survivability from that. This on my Stamina Templar, this is the, the ultimate I use on my back bar as a um, as my defensive ultimate. Um, so I'll have to rethink that. This might actually become my front bar ultimate because I've been using Dawnbreaker on my front bar. Um, maybe this will take the place of that and I'll put something different on my back bar because this seems like a, a really strong offensive ultimate now. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, next ability, Eclipse. Uh, reduce the damage dealt by the Thorn mechanic, which is the damage return to the player who's affected with this. Uh, reduce that damage um, by 25%, and they say note that that only applies to the damage. The, um, the heal that you get from Total Dark uh, uh, is is unchanged. Uh, I like that. I freaking hate Eclipse. Like, when I'm fighting against a Templar and they hit me with this ability, it, it just, it's, not so, it's not fun at all. All I can do is just run away and hide, because if I try to fight, I'm just going to be killing myself, basically. Um, so reducing that damage return by 25%, I think, is probably a fair thing. Because this this ability always just seems so unfair uh, whenever it, it gets applied to you. So I'm not mad about that. As someone who plays Templar quite a bit, that seems fine to me. Uh, Power of the Light. Uh, adjusted this ability rank up for this morph so it no longer gains damage on the initial hit, but instead increases uh, the duration of Minor Fracture and Breach applied since that is the focus of the morph, is what they say. 
So they say this will result in approximately uh, a 3% damage loss on the initial hit, but the duration of minor fracture and breach will last 9 seconds instead of 6 seconds. Uh, I mean, that's that's cool, I guess. Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, in PvE, it's not, it doesn't matter that it's being increased from, uh, from 6 seconds up to 9 seconds because you're reapplying this every 6 seconds anyway. So that's not, you're not really benefiting from that, I don't think. Um... I don't know. I hope they maybe rethink that because that's, I don't think many people are going to find that to be super useful. Um, but still a great skill. I, I would, I would definitely call this overall a, a bit of a nerf. Um, but I mean, power of the light is an extremely strong skill. So I don't think anyone will hardly even notice to be quite honest. I don't see the motivation for making, um, fracture and breach last nine seconds instead of six seconds. Cause like I said, this, in PvE, this ability is getting cast every six seconds anyway, and PvP too. I mean, as soon as as soon as Power of the Light pops, I immediately reapply it. So those extra three seconds aren't really even getting used. Solar Flare reduced the cast time from this ability to one second, from 1.1 seconds. They and I didn't mention this earlier, but they're doing this to any and all channel time abilities. Um, and it has the biggest effect on Templar. They have a number of channel time abilities. So anything that lasts uh, 1.1 seconds, so like your jabs uh, um, or this ability, Solar Flare, it's now going to last one second. So it's not quite instant, but it's going to it's going to go off a little faster than before, uh, and probably fit into your rotation a little more smoothly. Um, they increase the travel speed to match other projectiles, they say, reduce the damage by approximately 37% uh, to make up for the fact that it can be cast more frequently. Okay, seems silly. 37% um, is a lot, but, uh, but whatever. Uh, reduce the base cost uh, from 2970. Oh, I'm sorry. Reduce the base cost to 2970 from 3240. And then the Solar Barrage Morph, uh, they reduce the delay of this ability, which result in gaining one extra tick of damage. Um, and yeah, so there you go. Here is the change that I am the most excited about in the whole entire patch. Cleansing Ritual. This ability and its morphs will now grant healing and or damage based on the user's highest offensive stats rather than just max magic or spell damage. Uh, so hooray for Stamplars. Uh, cl cleansing Ritual, I mean, I, I use the Extended Ritual uh, morph of this. Already too good of a skill not to use, even for a stamina build. It's uh, it's just an indispensable skill for a Templar, uh, no matter what. Uh, and now, uh, as a stamina build, you still can get the full benefit from this ability. You get the full healing that it can provide. Uh, I'm stoked about this. Um, my Templar, my Stamina Templar in PvP uh, wears uh, Troll King as my monster set, uh, and then I have uh, Extended Ritual slotted. And between those two things, I actually function as a pretty decent backup healer. You know, I just make sure my Ritual is put down on the ground wherever me and my team are fighting, and as long as they're standing in that circle, um, they have that nice little Troll King safety net that I have there. Anytime they dip below 50% health, you know, even though my my extended ritual isn't really healing them for very much. It still counts to proc Troll King when they drop below 50% health. Uh, plus, it gives them access to a, a free cleanse that they can use whenever they want. 
Um, so already an awesome skill, and now on top of all that benefit, it's just going to be giving them giving them an actual good, strong heal over time. Uh, so I'm very, very happy about this Jage. Uh, my my Stamplar is already my very favorite uh, PvP character. Really, for these reasons, for this this specific skill is one of the main reasons why. Uh, now it's just going to be even better. So I'm totally pumped. Totally pumped about that. Uh, and then Restoring Aura. Uh, removed the cost from this ability and the Radiant Aura Morph. Uh, so it's just free, kind of, again, like Weakness to Elements. It's a, it's a free cast. Uh, and increase the duration to 20 seconds uh, at max rank. Uh, and they wanted to do that to, again, put that on par with other abilities that are like in a similar category. Alright, and that's all there is for Templar. Next class we have is the Warden. Um, so Warden, let's start with Falcon's Swiftness. Uh, they reduce the cost of that ability and its morphs um, to 2700 down from 3511 at base. Um, this ability no longer grants Major Endurance, uh, which is a stamina recovery buff. That's a bummer. Um, Major Expedition now lasts 6 seconds instead of 4 seconds, uh, and they say that this ability is now considered a quote-unquote rule breaker uh, since it breaks the paradigm of Major Expedition lasting 4 seconds. So that's what makes this skill special is you get 6 whole seconds of Major Expedition. Uh, no more stamina recovery buff, which is a bummer. Um, Scorch, this ability and its morphs can now be blocked. Hooray, that is great news. Um, so like sub-assault uh, and all that, you can block it now. That's great. Um, Nature's Grasp, this ability and its morphs now scale with your highest offensive stats. Again, I'm always happy to see that. Um, so that's, um, that's just another strong heal that now a stamina player uh, has the option of using if they want to. Uh, crystallized Shield adjusted the Magicka return uh, to be 22% of the ability's cost instead of the previous base value. Uh, and then the Crystallized Slab Morph increased the damage return of this morph by approximately 55%. To put it on par with other similar abilities such as the Dragonfire Scale, that the new change to the DK Wings, one, one of the morphs there. Um... But I think Crystallized Slab still totally absorbs projectiles rather than reducing damage, so it's not exactly the same skill. Um, impaling Shards and Gripping Shards uh, increase the damage dealt by these abilities by 30%. Put them on par with other similar abilities, such as Winter's Revenge. Um, okay. And then Sleet Storm, reduce the potency of the snare from this ability and its morphs to 40% instead of 70%. I think everyone's going to be pretty happy about that, except maybe Warden Mains. Um, that's all the Warden changes. I think the biggest uh, deal there is that Scorch is blockable. I think most people are going to be happy about that. It's such a hard-hitting skill. Uh, and, you know, you can wipe a whole group of people with that skill Um if you know how to use it right. Um, yeah, most of the stuff, I mean, it's just kind of mostly some nerfs here. 
uh, except the crystallized slab got a little bit of a buff there and impaling shards uh, got a little bit of a buff there as well. Um, all right, so moving on, uh, there are some changes to some uh, weapon abilities. So that's all the class changes. Um, so weapon abilities now, we'll start with two-handed. Um, so cleave, cleave is pretty interesting. Uh, so they reworked this ability and its morphs, so the damage is increased by 50%, but they removed the bleed from this ability completely. So it's no longer a dot. The, the base ability is no longer a dot. It's uh, basically an AOE spammable is what it is now. Um, and then the carve morph gets the bleed back. All right, so now, so now you get the bleed out of the skill. Um, and it increases the bleed damage by 25%. However, it no longer grants minor heroism which uh, gives you um, ultimate regeneration. So this just no longer gives you the ultimate regeneration. Instead, you get the bleed back and it does 25% more damage than before. I think that's a fair trade. That seems fine. Uh, and then the brawler morph, um, it doesn't have the bleed, right? So it's just, just like the base ability, no bleed. Um, but it increases the shield granted from this morph by 100% at base. Uh, but reduce the bonus scaling per target hit from 100% to 50%. So this means, this is their words, this means uh, at base this ability will be 100% stronger than before, but will be approximately 14% stronger than previously if you get the maximum bonus. So stronger shield, you, you don't get the damage over time with Brawler, but you do get a much stronger shield. Um, and before, if, if you ever used this skill before, if you're fighting only like one or two enemies, then this skill is barely giving you a shield that's worth anything at all. Uh, so now basically doubling that shield at base um, makes it actually probably a pretty decent usable shield. And I wonder how potent it'll be in PvP, because all the shields get cut in half in PvP, so I wonder if um, this could actually be usable there now. I like this. I like this stage. I think it's good. You, uh, you choose. It's basically an AOE spammable. Either way you go, uh, and then you can choose either uh, either you can make it a dot, uh, or you can make it uh, a defense. Get a defensive buff out of it. So that's cool. I like it when you have to make choices like that, and both both are good choices. Uppercut reduce the damage dealt from this ability and its morphs by fourteen percent to make up for the removal of the post global cooldown. I did mention this before, but they're basically shaving like 200 milliseconds off of the cooldown of all abilities, all channel time abilities, like we were talking about with Templar. Um, so they're saying now you can cast this thing more quickly in rapid succession. Uh, so they need to reduce the damage per hit so that your overall damage won't get out of control. Uh, they say that this will actually be a 6% DPS increase when you're using it in quick quick succession, so like in a DPS rotation. So even though they're reducing the damage, the, fast that, the fact that you can cast it more quickly means that overall you should be getting about 6% more damage out of it. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so that's all for uh, two-handed. I think that cleave change is really, really cool. Um, dual wield is next. Flurry. So the flurry uh, ability... Increase the damage dealt from this ability and morphs by approximately 
and they said that puts it in line with other single tar- target spam pulls. This is already a pretty strong skill. Does a lot of damage, so it's just going to be doing even more damage now. Uh, Hidden Blade, they remove the snare from this ability, and it's more just plain and simple. No more snare there. Uh, again, that's something that don't pretty much only PvP people are even going to care about, and I think that they're going to be happy about that. Uh, the Flying Blade morph uh, increases the damage dealt from that morph by about 10%. Uh, and then Whirlwind, some changes here. Uh, increase the base damage of this ability and morphs by 50%, but removed the execute bonus. So I don't know, it's still that the, the spin to win maybe um, is being shifted out, but still, I mean, 50% damage increase at base without the execute kicking in at all. It's pretty good. Uh, reduce the base cost to 3510 instead of 3780. Uh, increase the radius uh, of this ability and the whirling death morph <laughs> to six meters from five meters. Uh, and then Steel Tornado um, still does not have the execute bonus, uh, but gets uh, gets the cost reduction even more to 3240. Uh, so it's even cheaper uh, for the Steel Tornado morph. Um, and I think it increases the, uh, it doesn't say in these notes here, but I think it increases the radius just like it does on live right now. So you get a, a wider radius and a cheaper cost for Steel Tornado. No more execute bonus. Uh, and then the the Whirling, the whirling Blades morph uh, removed and reduced. Oh, okay. <laughs> removed the reduced cost and major endurance on hit and reintroduced the execute bonus to this morph. Okay, so the Whirling Blades morph is no longer a reduced cost. It no longer gives you major endurance, which is a stamina sustain buff. Uh, instead, the, the spin to win execute mechanic gets put into this ability, to this morph. Um, and the, the trade-off there is it's a more expensive ability than Steel Tornado, uh, and the radius is less. So you have to be closer to your enemies in order to hit them with it. I think most people are probably going to be happy about this change um, in general. I mean, I know there's going to be complainers uh, in the beginning no matter what, but I think over for the overall health of the combat, especially PvP combat, I think this is a, a solid change. And increasing the base damage uh, by 50% is a good move. Still make sure it's going to be a, a, a decent skill that people are going to want to use. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. That's, uh, that's all dual wield. We'll move on to bow now. So for the bow, uh, arrow spray uh, remove the snare from this ability and its morphs, but increase their damage by approximately 27% and reduce the cost by approximately 13%. So no more snare, but more damage, less cost. That's that's good. I, th- I say that's good. Uh, the acid spray morph of that ability, um, it increases the damage over time by approximately 40%. That's pretty strong. Uh, and then the Bombard morph. Uh, so this morph gets the snare back uh, and immobilizes. Uh, so yeah, basically this gets the CC back. The Bombard morph is the CC morph. You get a snare and immobilize along with that. Snipe. Uh, again, this is a channel time ability. So instead of 1.1 seconds, it's going to be a one second cast time. Uh, reduce the damage by about 25% uh, to make up for that uh, that adjustment there. 
Um, they increase the travel speed of the arrow. So it's just going to get to the target a little faster, which I don't know. I like having that, that delayed time. When I hear that, that snipe arrow getting launched, I know I, you know, I have a second to kind of get out of the way. So hopefully, hopefully that'll still be okay. The lethal arrow morph now applies minor defile rather than major defile. Um, so I think that's probably a good thing. I, I hate snipe. Everyone hates snipe. Uh, so I think any nerf at all to this ability is welcome. Uh, you can just delete it from the game. I think uh, most people would be happy about that, except the few cowardly bow gankers out there. Uh, focused aim. The focused aim morph. This morph no longer increases the range in which your allies can hit the target. Instead, it reduces the cost by 5% and increases the range by 5 meters. Uh, and they say that uh, they just note the minor fracture is still a part of that uh, morph as well. Um, so in general, I think overall a nerf to this uh, to this ability in general. Um, the focused aim is kind of interesting, just getting that uh, additional um, distance. And if you're in a keep, uh, there's a there's a PvP passive that gives you even more uh, distance uh, when you're defending a keep. So. Um, you'll really be able to hit some people with that thing. All right, that's all there is to bow. Uh, and then so Destruction Staff uh, is up next. Um, so the Wall of Frost reduced the snare potency to 40% uh, instead of 60%. I think everyone's going to be happy about that. Maybe just remove the snares altogether. Uh, no, because... We got to keep the snares because what else would uh, you know wall of frost be used for? That's like its reason for existence. But uh, reducing it, I think is good. I think uh, the PvP people are going to be happy about that. Um, and that's the only change for destruction staff. Uh, restoration staff. Uh, only one change here as well. The Panchea ultimate. Uh, the lights champion morph. This ability no longer grants major protection. Um, in a an adjustment to this morph, the duration of major force granted will now increase by one second for each rank of the morph, going from a duration of five seconds to eight seconds at max rank. Um, so just a longer heal over time, and it's such a strong heal over time, that's actually a pretty darn significant buff. Um, no no more major protection is, is a bummer. Uh, it really is, but I don't know. That might be a fair trade there. Uh, we'll just have to we'll just have to see. All right, next there's a couple of changes that are made to Werewolf. So the Devour skill, you can now devour your friends to extend your well Werewolf uh, transformation timer. It doesn't just have to be uh, dead enemies. You can feast on your, your dead allies as well. Um, and then Infectious Claws increase the damage of the initial hit of this ability and its morphs by approximately 36% uh, to put it on par with other AoE spammables. That's what they say here. A um, few other changes to Werewolf, but uh, it's it's a lot of kind of tedious stuff that's similar to a lot of global changes that are being made, so I'm not going to talk about those things. Um, those are the kind of the Devour and the Infectious Claws are the two kind of interesting changes to me. Um, so moving on, we'll talk about the Fighter's Guild. So uh, Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker is getting a little bit of a change. Uh, increase the delay on the damage over time. Uh, effect to two seconds from one second. So the total duration is now six seconds rather than five. Again, that's similar to the changes that are just making to all dots. Um, 
Uh, and then the Dawnbreaker of Smiting Morph. The stun from this ability no longer ranks up from 1.5 seconds to 2.5 seconds. Uh, instead, it's just a flat 2 seconds at all ranks. Um, this morph now progressively gets uh, stronger in damage as it ranks up uh, instead of increasing that stun. Um, so that's going to result in a 5.7% initial hit damage increase uh, and a 9% damage over time increase. So uh, all around a buff. I mean, the, the stun doesn't last. It lasts half a second, you know, less than it used to. But, you know, probably most players are breaking CC before then anyway. So I, I doubt you even notice that. And just more damage in general. Um, I'll take it. I will take it. Uh, Silver Leash, they improve the responsiveness uh, of the pull from this ability uh, to reduce situations where players could still be CC'd after the pull was complete. So just a little bug fix there. Um, that's all there is for Fighters Guild. Moving on to the Sigic Order. Um, I'm a little bit bummed about this change, but I, th I mean, it's fine. It's not a big deal, but um, anyway, Accelerate. Uh, increase the duration of Major Expedition. Um, and this ability uh, to four seconds instead of three. Uh, and then they're saying, note, uh, channeled acceleration will now last 12 seconds rather than nine. Uh, and then here, here's the thing that bums me out. The race against time morph. Uh, this morph no longer reduces the cost of sprinting by 50%. Uh, instead, it grants immunity to snares and immobilizations in place of that for four seconds. Uh, and that's a good thing. It's just that now... Kind of everybody has the ability to remove snares and stuff, right? Like DK has their wings. Nightblade now with the new blur change, they they have snare removal as well. Um, so I really like having that fifty percent cost reduction along with major expedition on a Magicka character. That is so so nice to be able to sprint long distances uh, with your tiny little stamina pool. And then when you get where you're going, you still have enough stamina to block an attack if you have to or whatever. Um, so I'll be bummed to lose that. Uh, getting uh, snare removal, and snare and immobilization removal in its place, I mean, probably a fair trade. I mean, it's still probably a good skill to have, but that I would much rather have the, the sprint cost reduction uh, and, and major expedition. Um so, anyway, I mean, you still get the major expedition. You just, you don't get the reduced sprint cost. And I don't, this, this skill is on all of my Magicka PVP builds, every single one of them for this reason, for that sprinting cost reduction. Um, so taking that away, replacing it with the snare removal, uh, it, it may drop off my bars. I'll have to just, I'll just have to reevaluate things and see. Maybe, maybe it'll stay on there, um, but maybe not. Uh, next, uh, the Mend Wounds uh, skill. They've revamped this ability in its morphs, they say. So the light and heavy attacks uh, no longer trigger the global cooldown uh, and can be weaved with other abilities. Uh, so that's very cool. Um, also, uh, no longer costs resources to light or heavy attack with this ability toggled. Uh, that is a huge change. So this is just free now. When you toggle this ability on then your light and heavy attacks just heal people for free. That's that's very cool. I think a lot of people are going to start using this skill now. Uh, I don't I don't think I never really saw this skill getting used all that much before. Uh, now that it doesn't consume 
uh, Magicka to use. I definitely see people use it. Oh, definitely see people using it. Uh, heavy attack still channels and heals every second, but has been reduced to the same scaling of other weapons, heavy attacks, uh, and it now restores Magicka every time it successfully heals an ally. So yeah, not only is it not consuming Magicka, you're actually getting Magicka back when you when you heavy attack with this thing. Uh, I really think people are going to for real be using this skill a lot, uh, especially in PvP. I could see like a PvP healer um, really putting this thing to use. Uh, and then the morph uh, Mend Spirit. Uh, this morph now applies its Major Ward and Resolve to the target healed for five seconds, regardless of whether it was a light or heavy attack. Um, so that's a little bit of a change there. Uh, that's that's all of the Sigic changes. Moving on, we have uh, in the PvP uh, Alliance War category under Assault, uh, Caltrops getting a little bit of a change. So uh, raise the Razor Caltrops morph. Um, this morph no longer snares enemy enemies upon hit. Um, instead, the initial hit deals as much damage as an instant cast AoE Spamble ability. So approximately 350% damage increase from that initial hit. So abilities like Steel Tornado, Sap Essence, uh, Carve, the, the new Carve, which has been buffed. Um, it's that initial hit from Caltrops is going to do about that much damage. It was a lot. That's a big hit. Um, Caltrops, I guess, is still going to snare people who are standing in it, but I guess as it is right now, I didn't realize this, but that initial hit, I guess, applies a snare whether the person continues to stand in Caltrops or not, I guess. And so that's no longer going to be the case is kind of how I'm reading this. I have a hard time believing Caltrops in general just isn't going to snare people anymore. That would be that would be very silly. So I think think that's how I'm reading that. Uh, and then anti-cavalry uh, anti caltrops morph. Um, increase the duration of 15 seconds from 14 seconds. <laughs> so just add, add a second to that. Um, okay, that's cool. I mean, that initial hit, uh, it, seems, it seems like a good change, I guess. That's all for assault. Uh, that's all for the PvP. That's actually everything. That's all of the skill changes. We've made it to the end of that list. Um... Before I take a break, I'm just I'll go over. This is a short thing here. They also made a few changes to some consumables. Uh, Witch Mother's Potent Brew and Dubious Cameron Throne uh, have had their maximum health, magicka, stamina reduced by about 12. percent uh, And then Arteum Takeaway Broth and Citrus uh, Clockwork Citrus Fillet um, reduce max health uh, and resources granted by these foods by approximately 15. percent Seems strange I'm, I'm guess they have their uh, they, i guess they have good reasons for doing that but i i am not happy about that it's, you're just taking something away from me uh and not really giving me anything in return uh, these are i use all of these foods on almost all my builds um so it seems like they're trying to discourage me from using those i don't i don't really like that uh, but, you know, maybe for overall balance, it's what we need. Who knows? You know, unless we actually work there and are working on this game, uh, it's hard to know what actually is best for the health of the game. We can we can speculate and kind of form our own opinions. 
But um, at the end of the day, we just don't have enough access to, to really be able to say for sure. So anyway, um, the only thing left to talk about are some changes to um, some existing item sets. So um, I'm going to take a short break and I'll come right back. Uh, it's a fairly short list. We'll get through those fairly quick. So we'll get through those and then we'll wrap this thing up. We've been here long enough. All right, I'm back. So let's wrap this thing up. Uh, last few things I want to talk about is some um, some changes to some uh, existing item sets. Um, Again, I'll remind you, there's a lot of changes that are just kind of like fixes. Uh, I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff. Um, we're just going to talk about the actual mechanic changes. Um, first one um, is pretty big deal, actually. Earthgore uh, is getting a big change. Um, so this, this item set now instantly dispels all negative effects rather than just one. Uh, and then the heal granted from this set now only heals the target with the lowest health in the area rather than the six lowest targets in the area. So as it is right now in the live version of this game, uh, Earthgore hits six people and they all get uh, a cleanse of one negative effect and gives them a super duper strong heal over time. Um, in, in PVP, especially battle, battlegrounds, this, this set is a problem. If you have a if you're playing against a team that where two or more people are wearing earth gore, uh, they're just not killable. You know, even if they're not great players, they just keep getting bailed out over and over again from earth gore, um, and it's it's honestly almost impossible to to fight against a lot of the time. Um, so this, I mean, for for PVE, this it, it's a bummer. It's a big bummer because this this set is a godsend in, in a lot of PVE scenarios. Uh, it can really be the difference between you completing a fight or not. Um, but now, I think for PvP, this is a, a solid, necessary change. Uh, the heal is only going to apply to one person, uh, and it dispels all negative effects. So so that much, actually, I, I, it, from the way I'm reading this, it sounds like everybody in the area is still going to benefit, right? Because uh, it says the heal granted... Uh, will only apply to the lowest health target, but it says the set will now instantly dispel all negative effects. Doesn't say anything about um, number of targets that applies to. Um, so you know, still, still some good group utility there. I, I think that's probably okay. They may end up tweaking this a little bit more as as people use it, and we see, you know, if people like totally stop using it, they may try to buff it back up a little bit or something. But um, in general, I'm I'm cool with this. Uh, I I really despise Earthgore uh, in PvP. Um, Robes of the Hist reduced the healing of that set by 20%. I've never used that set, um, but uh, it's a little weaker now. Got a bit of a nerf. Um, actually, let's look that up. ESO Robes of the Hist. Because I just don't feel I feel like not a lot of people are using that set, right? Max health, spell damage, max magicka. While you were afflicted by a disabling effect, immobilization, or snare, you heal for 2,500 health every one second. Okay, I mean, that's a it's a cool set. I just feel like um, it's not a super popular set. I'm not really sure what the motivation for nerfing it to make it even less popular. Um, I don't know, maybe they have good reason. 
Uh, shield breaker redesign this item set so it no longer deals uh, damage when you light attack a target with a shield active now it increases your damage dealt by six percent at all times just a flat six percent all the time while you're wearing this set extra damage and then that effect is doubled when you're attacking a target with a damage shield active so it still has this the shield breaker name still applies um, but now you're actually benefiting from from this set when you're fighting people who aren't wearing shields as well. So I think that's probably a pretty good change. Vulcan Scoria, one of the most popular sets in the game, maybe the most popular set in the game. Uh, the proc from this set uh, will now display a ring around the target when it's uh, when it's incoming to improve the clarity of the threat. So just like the Mages Guild uh, Meteor or Comet or whatever it's called, that ultimate. It puts that ring around you so you can clearly see when it's coming so you can get ready and block. Um, that's probably fair. This this proc, it's a, it hits really, really strong. It's really not easy to see when it's coming. You get an audio cue, but when there's so much stuff going on, it's it's easy to miss that. Um, the ring around your feet is easy to see. Uh, I think it's fair. Um, I think they're probably a good change. It might actually, <clears throat> might actually make Vulcan much less popular in PvP because I know... I know, like, I don't like to use the Meteor Ultimate for that reason, because people often just block it, and you're not, because they see it coming well in advance, uh, and so I don't like to use it for that reason, and I know some some other people are that way too. I wonder if, I wonder if Vulcan's going to drop off for the same reason, because everyone's just going to block it every time. Um... And like I said, there's a lot of other less interesting changes that I'm just skipping for the sake of time. I mean, this is a two-hour-long podcast at this point, so uh, I think uh, I think it's probably about time to wrap it up. Um, so that's the condensed version of the last three weeks of PTS notes. Um, I glossed over a lot of stuff, and I know I'm a, I was a little uh, all over the place uh, as far as my organization goes. Uh, I'm a little out of practice, and like I said before, I'm I'm, uh, I'm new to podcasting anyway. Uh, so hopefully, it's still somewhat enjoyable to listen to. I, I sure like talking about this stuff. I just I just love Elder Scrolls. I love talking about these balance changes and stuff, and speculating how it's going to change things. Um, and it's always exciting to me, you know, at, at a certain point, sometimes my, my characters, my builds start to feel a little bit stagnant and stale. Uh, and I've, you know, I've kind of zeroed in on what makes that character effective for me. Uh, and then I really don't have any reason to change them after that. And, um, you know, when they make changes like this and they adjust things, uh, it really forces me to have to make changes, which kind of reinvigorates my interest in those classes and in those characters. So I think it's a good thing that they do this, and I think this this combat team that's been in place for a few months now um, clearly has a vision. They have these kind of standards that they're trying to get everything into. They're categorizing all these skills and then standardizing that category of skills. Uh, and obviously, I think it's just going to all around have a better effect on balance if all AoE spammable abilities in general deal about the same amount of damage or uh, all dots in general function about the same. Uh, it's just going to be a lot easier for them to uh, understand how these abilities interact with each other and, and what true balance really does look like. So even if this patch isn't like it, you know, like we finally have achieved perfect balance, 
again, just like like kind of how it's been for the past couple of patches, it's just more shifting things into place, more getting the ducks in a row so that it's easier to to see where the imbalance is coming from and easier to to pinpoint the changes that need to be made uh, to make balance better. So all around, I'm I'm happy about most of these changes. Um, uh, I think you know again, Nightblade seems to have gotten the brunt of the nerfs, but you know it may may or may not be needed. You know they they have been the very top performers in in PVE DPS for for long enough, I would say. I mean, we can give someone else a turn at this point. And um, in PvP, Stamina Nightblade still reigns supreme, you know? And I, I honestly still feel like, like they could be brought down a peg or two. Um, now, Magblade's a different story in PvP. I think Magic and Nightblade is actually not in a great spot in PvP right now, at least on live. Maybe some of these changes will will, will change that. Because uh, Magblade's going to have to rethink their strategy now. It's going to it's going to have to be a, a slightly different play style in order for them to get the most benefit out of their skills now. Um, so maybe that'll be for the better. Possibly. Uh, we'll see. And the, the, the beauty of this is there's always going to be another patch, right? So anything that's not working, anything that, uh, you know, is too weak or too strong or whatever, they're always going to have another opportunity to, to fix that later. And we just got to be patient. You know, there's no, uh, there's no hurry. These, uh, even, even the worst class, even, you know, no matter what patch, even like the very worst class, uh, in the, in the hands of, of a decent player, there's, it's still plenty strong, right? Um, player skill and just knowledge of the game mechanics are such a much bigger factor, uh, than these, these numbers on these stat sheets. Um, so, I mean, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Still, still, still a fun game to play. Anyway, that's all I have to say about it. If you guys uh, have any comments, any, uh, corrections or suggestions or just ideas you want to share, you can email me at ketsparrowhawk at gmail.com. Uh, the music you hear on this podcast, it's all inspired, uh, from the, you know, original soundtrack of the game. Uh, and I just kind of borrowed some of those themes and whipped up my own kind of little variation of those things. And that's that's what the music is that you hear here. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later.